When the ninth inning started on Sunday, the Orioles were three outs away from being swept in Toronto and three outs away from all hopes, any hopes, of the playoffs being dashed. And then a little comeback happened, and the Orioles came back to win it on Sunday and at least avoided a sweep at the hands of the Blue Jays. And I'll recap the entire weekend series between Baltimore and Toronto coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, September 19th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to recap these three-game series north of the border this weekend between the Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays, with the Orioles dropping two of three from the Jays, but actually moving a little closer to playoff position than they were when we last recorded and you last heard from me on Friday. We'll talk about why that was the case, and I'll get you my three big takeaways from the Orioles weekend series loss. First, we'll talk about the great ninth inning comeback for the Orioles on Sunday to get their one victory and avoid the sweep. We'll talk about how the rookies were so, so good in the Orioles lineup this weekend. And then on the flip side, we'll talk about how the rest of the lineup continued to struggle and hitting with runners in scoring position continues to be an issue for this Orioles ball club. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Before we get there, though, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review if you so choose on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you listen there. There's a new episode Monday through Friday every day of the week. And, of course, we're here on YouTube as well. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked On Orioles YouTube channel to get all your O's content as this team somehow... They're hanging on by a thread, but they're still in it on September 19th. And you can follow along with all the Orioles action right here at the Locked on Orioles podcast. But let's jump in to today's episode, recapping a tough weekend series loss for the Orioles as they dropped two out of three in Toronto against the Blue Jays. It started with a 6-3 to loss on Friday, then a 6-3 to loss on Saturday before a big-time 5-4 to comeback victory on Sunday but they do lose two out of three on the weekend. And at the end of the day, you lose ground against the Blue Jays. Orioles now 76 and 69 on the season. So they ended up losing one game to Toronto and now sit six games back of the Blue Jays. They also lost a game to Tampa Bay, who took two out of three from the Texas Rangers this weekend. So now Toronto's in the number one spot in the wild card. Tampa Bay is in the number two spot in the wildcard. Orioles trail them by five and a half games. But the interesting thing that happened is the one team that I think all of us, including myself, just kind of wrote off of the Orioles catching, well, they had an absolutely terrible weekend because we talked about this on an episode about a week and a half ago going through the schedules of the Orioles and then the three wildcard teams above them. We talked about how the Seattle Mariners had not just the easiest schedule of any wildcard team, but the easiest schedule in baseball down the stretch here in September. And Friday for the Mariners started a stretch of 20 straight games to end the season, all against teams who are at least 20 games under 500. Basically all tanking terrible teams. It's a crazy stretch they're on. And then something weird happened. 
Seattle went to Anaheim, and they were swept by the Angels this weekend. So despite the O's losing two of three to their most direct competitor in the wildcard in the Blue Jays, they actually gained a game on Seattle. And they sit only four games back of the Mariners, who hold the final playoff spot, heading into play on Monday, which means the O's still kind of in this thing, at least at this point. But I'm going to get you my three big takeaways from this weekend in Toronto. And my first big takeaway, we go to Sunday. That ninth inning comeback for the O's on Sunday was huge for this team, huge for morale, huge for this offense, and huge for any kind of playoff hopes they had left here with a couple weeks left in the season. Well, if you didn't see it, didn't hear about it, here's how it went. The Orioles entered the top of the ninth inning, trailing 3-2 to two against Toronto. Jordan Romano, their closer, who has been great all season, came in for the Blue Jays, was three outs away from locking down a sweep and basically putting the, the nail in the coffin on the Orioles' season in terms of at least getting a wild card spot. But then Brandon Hyde made some adjustments in the ninth inning, sent up some pinch hitters. And the Orioles, something they haven't done in a while, something they did a lot earlier this season, they started a late rally. It all started with Kyle Stowers, who was not in the starting lineup, but pinch hit for Jorge Mateo to lead off the inning. And it was a little interesting because Mateo did have an RBI double earlier in Sunday's game. Of course, all the speed he brings, if you can get him on base as the tying run, that's a huge factor. And he has been one of the worst Orioles hitters this year. But Hyde goes for the pinch hitter in the lefty Stowers against the righty Romano, and Stowers delivers, crushes the ball, liner, a 103 off the bat, leadoff single in the ninth inning. Then Hyde goes for the, you know, pinch hitter we knew was going to happen. Robinson Chirinos was due up next, getting his start on Sunday. But I thought Hyde might go with Rugnet Odor as the left-handed hitter. But Odor's really been struggling. So Ramon Arias, who did not start Sunday, he comes in as a pinch hitter. Wouldn't you know it? Ramon Arias with a base hit. And all of a sudden, the Orioles have two on with nobody out. Up comes Cedric Mullins. He draws a walk, and they've loaded the bases with no outs, trailing 3-2. to And, well, the perfect guy coming to the plate in Adley Rutschman. He goes the other way for a two-RBI single, grounds it through the left side to give the Orioles a 4-3 to lead. Then, after Anthony Santander bounced into a 6-4-3 double play, which looked like it was going to end the rally. Hey, at least the O's, you know, got the lead. You go to Felix Bautista. Gunnar Henderson comes up, and how about this? The Blue Jays intentionally walk with a runner on third and two outs. 21-year-old Gunnar Henderson. They send him to first. Jesus Aguilar comes to the plate, and Aguilar delivers with an RBI single the other way. Henderson ended up getting thrown out at third on the play to end the inning, but it gave the O's a 5-3 lead. It's actually part of a two-hit day for Aguilar, who... Also hit his first Orioles home run, a solo shot in the eighth inning that made it a 3-2 game. But how about the respect to Gunnar Henderson to walk him there? But we'll get to that later. But it was just a huge rally for the O's. Their first ninth inning rally. First time they've tied or taken the lead in the ninth inning when they were trailing entering the inning since August 25th, since the famous two-out, two-strike Kyle Stowers game-tying home run against Liam Hendricks and the White Sox when the O's would later walk that game off in the 11th. Well, the O's do it again. They get three runs, but, of course, they still had to close it out. And Felix Bautista, you know, he may have been a little rusty. He hadn't pitched since Wednesday and here on Sunday, and he got the first two batters out, but then he goes walk, RBI double, walk. And it's a 5-4 game with two on and two out, but he gets Bo Bichette to ground out to end it. O's win it 5-4, just a huge 
Huge comeback win for the Orioles. And it showed that this offense still has life. And we're going to get to later in the episode how, besides the ninth inning on Sunday, this offense was really, really bad for essentially three games once again. And it continues to be the most concerning part of this roster as they try to stay in this playoff race. But it seemed like they just didn't have that rallying life at times in their Friday and Saturday losses. But they showed it against the Blue Jays' best reliever, on Sunday, and Alec Manoa, who started for the Blue Jays, he didn't have his best stuff in this game on Sunday, but he gave him six innings of one-run ball, and then, you know, they, they got Trevor Richards out there for an inning, and Adam Simber for an inning, and then Romano comes in and has maybe his worst outing of the year, an inning, three runs, four hits, two walks, and no strikeouts for the right-hander, and the O's had three hard-hit balls against him, and it was just an incredible rally by the Orioles' offense, everybody contributing, basically, in that lineup, in the rally, and it was just huge to see that this O's offense, despite the struggles, all the things that have gone wrong for them over the past couple of weeks, especially against the Blue Jays specifically, they have not given up. They picked themselves up off the mat. And with their backs, I mean, completely and totally against the wall, they got it done on Sunday to, at the very least, avoid the sweep in this critical series. But of course, in that rally, as I mentioned, Adley Rutschman had the big hit. He had the go-ahead two-run single that gave the Orioles the lead in the ninth inning. And Adley had a big weekend. He homered on Friday as well. And he was one of four Oriole rookies who all shared the lineup at one point this weekend and also all had some key moments this weekend. And frankly, this was the biggest kind of coming-out party for all the O's rookies together, it seemed like, despite the losses this weekend in Toronto. So coming up next, we'll talk about how these four rookies, Rutschman, Henderson, Vavra, and Kyle Stowers, really showed that they could be, or at least some of them, a core moving forward for the Orioles. But first, I do have to stop and talk to you about betonline.net because it's football season while it's still baseball season. And betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and info this season. Of course, if you bet live money line on the Dolphins in the fourth quarter on Sunday, you're probably a rich person right now. But that's the only mention I'll make to that one. But of course, all the college football games on Saturday, all the NFL games on Sunday, and hey, there are two Monday night football games tonight. Monday night football doubleheader. You can get all the odds, all the lines, at betonline.net. It's not just football, of course. They're covering Major League Baseball as we go down to the wire here and into the postseason as well. And there's MMA, boxing, and golf every weekend as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. So the Orioles do drop two of three to the Toronto Blue Jays at the Rogers Center over the weekend. At least, though, getting the big comeback win in the ninth inning on Sunday to salvage Game 3, stave off the sweep, and get a win as they come back home this week to face the Tigers and the Astros. But the big stars offensively, whether it was in the Sunday win or the losses Friday and Saturday, were the Oriole rookies in this lineup. Because it seemed like anytime anything offensively happened with the O's this weekend, I mean, again... You look at these three games, they scored 11 runs. That's not a gigantic total across three games. But it seemed like pretty much any time those runs were being driven in, it was by an Oriole rookie. And that's honestly correct. Eight of the Orioles' 11 RBIs this weekend 
came from a rookie. And the four guys, Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, Taron Vavra, and even Kyle Stowers, who didn't play much this weekend, all contributed offensively to this team. And, you know, I was talking about this with a friend over the weekend. It just kind of felt like, you know, despite how big those losses were Friday and Saturday, and obviously how much of a huge hit the Orioles' playoff chances took Friday and Saturday, you know, they didn't have the best stuff from Jordan Lyles, on Friday, giving up the big home run, and then Kyle Bradish just couldn't quite settle in on Saturday, and obviously the offense wasn't pulling it together, and you know the bullpen, Jake Reed gave up a, a really key hit, and Joey Crable gave up a really key hit, and just didn't have their best stuff. I still almost felt like not as upset with these losses Friday, Saturday, despite how big they were in the playoff chase, because at least the positives from the game all came from these rookies who are part of the Orioles' future, as the future kind of collides with the present right now for these 2022 O's. And what I'm talking about is, let's start with Adley Rutschman. What a great weekend for him. He continues to be a stud. 5 for 11 as he started all three games for the Orioles, two at catcher and one at DH. He had a double, a home run, four RBIs, and three walks to go along with three strikeouts over the weekend. And he had some key moments. Of course, Friday, finally, his 11th home run of the season was his first home run from the right side. He hit it against Yusei Kikuchi in the fourth inning on Friday night. It was an absolute laser beam out to left field that gave the O's a 2-1 to lead at the time. Adley from the right side just absolutely crushing that ball. 102 off the bat, 378 feet for a two-run bomb. And he has struggled. His splits, you know, he's hitting well under 200 from the right side while he's been great from the left side. And I'm not concerned about the Adley splits yet because he was actually statistically throughout his minor league career a better hitter from the right side all throughout the minor leagues. And then it's basically flipped on its head at the major leagues. But that home run really showed me he still has a good swing from that side. I don't think it's going to be a Cedric Mullins thing where he drops switch hitting in the near future. I think he just needs to get a full big league season. And again, you get way less opportunities from the right side because you face way less lefties. So, you know, it will be a smaller sample size. I think as we get into next year and beyond, I still think long term he'll probably be a better left-handed hitter. But I think the right-handed bat will catch up. And he has the big swing with the right-handed homer, his first of his career on Friday. And then, of course... He has the big hit Sunday. Of course, he drew two walks in the Sunday game, but also the go-ahead two-run single in the ninth inning to give the Orioles a 4-3 to lead. But that's kind of been Adley all this year since he's come up. He continues to have big hits for the O's. But then we go to Gunnar Henderson, who also had a huge weekend. And how about Henderson hitting fourth in the Oriole lineup on Sunday? He was the first Oriole rookie, or I should say the youngest Oriole hitter to hit fourth since 1976. That's how good Gunnar Henderson has been. He goes four for 11 over the weekend with a double, a homer, three RBIs, two walks, and four strikeouts. And for Gunnar Henderson, he basically had a either big or cool moment in each of these three games. You go to Friday, he hits his second career home run. And, you know, it didn't really play a factor in the game. It was two outs in the ninth. Orioles were trailing six to two. There was nobody on base. But he does hit a laser home run and goes the other way for a solo shot in the ninth. Hit it 102 off the bat, 370 feet for an opposite field homer. Didn't really factor into the game, but he gets the home run. He has the Orioles' biggest hit on Saturday. Comes up with the bases loaded and one out in the Saturday game and lines a two-run single into right field in the third inning to cut the Blue Jay lead to 3-2 to at that time. And then Sunday, he didn't have a hit, but he, you know, 
had an intentional walk in the ninth inning of a one-run game. And he's 21 years old, and it was just cool to see the Blue Jays pay that much respect to a guy like Gunnar Henderson at this point in the season. So great weekend again for Gunnar. And then how about Taron Vavra? You know, we haven't seen a lot from Taron Vavra lately. Vavra did not play Friday, but actually got the start in the Saturday and Sunday games for the Orioles. Started in left field on Saturday, started at second base on Sunday, and actually stayed in the game the entire way. Was not lifted for a defensive replacement in either of those games. And he came up big. He goes three for seven with a double, an RBI, and a walk, and no strikeouts. Put the ball in play every time he went up there, which is kind of what he's known for. And Vavra, after you know coming up to the big leagues, he sat for a few days, finally got into the lineup, had a hot streak, and then went really cold at about a one for 24 stretch. And that kind of put him on the bench for a while with Rugnet Odor and Arias and obviously Gunnar Henderson coming up, getting more playing time. But with Odor getting hit by the pitch on the hand and then really, really struggling lately, Vavra is getting his chance. And it's helped that Austin Hayes has struggled as well and Vavra can play the outfield. But he got his chance again this weekend. He made back-to-back starts in the Oriole lineup for the first time in a month. The last time he had started back-to-back games was August 15th and 16th against the Blue Jays. And it took until September 17th and 18th for it to happen again. But he gets the three for seven. He, you know, ends up with an RBI knock in the eighth inning on Saturday that made it a six to three game. He worked some good at bats in both of these games. Of course, he had a knock on Sunday as well. And it's just kind of impressive to watch him up there. And after that tough streak, Kind of looks like his bat is back to what it was when he first started playing with the O's, and that was nice to see. And then there's Kyle Stowers, who, again, didn't get a huge chance this weekend. He did not play in the Orioles' Friday game. He starts Saturday, goes 0 for 3 with a walk and a K as the DH, and then he has the big pinch hit single to lead off the game, or lead off the ninth inning, I should say, in the Orioles' rally. So he goes 1 for 4 with a walk and a strikeout. And you combine those four rookies this weekend— They go 13 for 33, a 394 average with two homers, three doubles, and eight RBIs. Remember, the Orioles scored 11 runs this weekend. Those guys drove in eight of them. And here's the really key part. Eight strikeouts, okay. But seven walks to eight strikeouts for those four guys was really, really cool to see. And if they're going to lead this order, and the offense is still going to struggle, but at least those guys are going to pick up the hitting... Those are the guys you feel like you know, you know, at the very least, Rushman and Henderson, and potentially Vavra and Stowers, too, are going to be back next year and be a part of this Orioles 2023 lineup. And at the very least, as long as they're hitting, that bodes well for the Orioles moving forward. But despite the rookies producing and helping to get the win on Sunday, the rest of this Oriole order right now is in a really, really tough spot. And coming up next to finish off the pod... We'll talk about how bad it's getting for the rest of these Oriole hitters, what they need to do moving forward, and can anybody climb out of this slump, especially with runners in scoring position, to keep this team in a playoff chase. So the Orioles dropped two of three to the Toronto Blue Jays this week, and the big reason why, once again, was struggles on offense. I mean, yeah, Jordan Lyles didn't have his best stuff Friday, and yeah, Kyle Bradish didn't have his best stuff Saturday, and no, Dean Kramer didn't complete 
Six innings on Sunday, and the bullpen guys like Jake Reed and Joey Crable, like I mentioned, gave up some big hits. But in general, 11 runs in three games, you know, three runs in back-to-back games Friday, Saturday, just not going to cut it for the Orioles. And actually, you know, they had more success than they've had in a while this weekend with runners in scoring position. They ended up going 6-for-19, which is a 316 batting average with runners in scoring position this weekend. They were 1-for-3 Friday, 2-for-7 Saturday, and then, of course, they had the 3-for-9 on Sunday. But what you, of course, have to remember is that two of those three hits on Sunday came in that ninth inning rally, and you take away those two, and the average obviously looks a little worse. And it just continues to be an issue. And the other thing is, I just talked about the four Oriole rookies, Rutschman, Henderson, Vavra, and Stowers. They had four of the six hits with runners in scoring position this weekend for the Orioles. The rest of the Oriole lineup this weekend, you know, I talked about how those four rookies hit 394. The rest of the Orioles hitters combined to go 10 for 66 at the plate in these three games in Toronto. That is a 152 batting average from anyone not named Rutschman, Henderson, Vavra, or Stowers. Somebody's got to step up, and it's just not happening. And, and, you know, you get Ryan Mountcastle gets hit by a pitch early in the game Saturday, leaves the game with an elbow contusion. Luckily, x-rays were negative. Brandon Hyde said he won't have to go on the IL. He should be back against Detroit this week, but he had to lead the game Saturday, could not start Sunday. Jesus Aguilar started at first base in his place. And shout out to Aguilar, who was kind of one of the other guys who actually hit this week. And I mean, as we talked about, he was huge in the Sunday game. Homer's in the eighth and then has a big tack on RBI single in the ninth. So, you know, good for him having a, a two for five day filling in for Ryan Mountcastle. But at the end of the day, you need Mountcastle in there as well because he has actually been heating up in September and he didn't even get a chance to, you know, come up with some big hits in this series before he got hit on the elbow and had to lead the game. He had no for four on Friday night. But at the end of the day, the big issue, you know, despite it being struggles in general from the other guys, again, a 152 average by non-rookies, the hitting with runners in scoring position, and I get that they were six for 19 this weekend, but you watch the games, just the amount of runners this team continues to leave on base, it is a huge issue. And Quite frankly, it's been a huge issue all season. When you think back, it is tough to swallow the amount of runs the Orioles have just left on the table. As a team this season, the Orioles are hitting just 240 with runners in scoring position. That is second worst in all of Major League Baseball in those spots this year. And specifically in September, the Orioles are hitting just 210 in September with runners in scoring position. Again, second worst, 29th in all the major leagues in September in batting average with runners in scoring position. And it's still not as bad as it was in April. You remember in April, the Orioles hit just above 160 with runners in scoring position. They couldn't buy a hit with a guy on second or third. But it's been almost as bad in September. And it's a huge reason why the Orioles just have not been as good this month. Why they've lost three series this month already, something they hadn't done in a while. It's got to change somehow. And I'm not really sure how to change it because the O's in general, they're still getting some hits. I mean, they had nine hits Sunday. They had nine hits Saturday. 
Five hits isn't great on Friday, but nine hits is still a solid number in a nine-inning game. And they defeated one battle. They won a day game on Sunday with the comeback victory. They hadn't done that in almost two months. So if you can get over that hump, I can hope you can get over this runners in scoring position hump as well. Because they're just leaving an absurd amount of runners on base and in scoring position. You're having guys like Anthony Santander just really, really struggling in those spots. And it's not just him, but he had a tough weekend, especially with runners in scoring position. And it's one of those things where it's very situational. And, you know, they're also not getting the RBI ground outs, the sack flies that they need. That's something that's not happening. But those can only do so much. You need the hits at the end of the day to really put together big innings and win baseball games against good teams down the stretch. Now, they're not getting sack flies, and the sack flies would certainly help. But at the end of the day, you still need the hits, and they're not getting those at all. And... Again, Gunnar Henderson's been good in these spots, and Adley has come up big in these spots, and Taron Vavra had a good weekend. But those guys can't hit in all nine spots for the Orioles. So somebody's going to have to step up. They're going to need Santander to start coming through in those situations again. They're going to need Ryan Mountcastle, hopefully, to be back quickly from this injury. And maybe they just need a little more luck that Gunnar Henderson comes up more often in these spots. I mean, hopefully we see Gunnar Henderson hit this high in the lineup for the rest of the year. I mean, obviously, when Mountcastle gets back, I think he hits fourth, but I don't think it's an issue to hit Henderson fifth. Heck, right now, I'd hit Henderson third with Mountcastle fourth and, and Santander fifth. Why not? Rutschman, Henderson, back-to-back 2-3? That'll work. That'll play. You get Mullins and Rutschman on base like they've been doing pretty well? I'll take that with Henderson coming up next. You look at the Sunday game, even though the Orioles won, you look at the Sunday game. Cedric Mullins reached base twice with two walks and an 0 for 3. Adley Rutschman reached base four times. He had a single, a double, and two walks. Anthony Santander went 0 for 5 in this game. He basically was coming up in every spot with a chance to knock a run home. And he went 0 for 5. Now, he did hit three balls hard, so maybe he got a little lucky. And he's been great this year, the Oriole home run leader. But... Wouldn't you rather maybe have Gunnar Henderson right now in those spots? He's hitting about 350. He's driving the ball all over the field. I think I would. And maybe that's the change they need to make, but they're going to need to change something because you got to bring these runners home if you want to stay in this playoff race. Because the O's, it's not a probability. And the fan graphs odds are under 1% again. And the baseball reference playoff odds are under 10%. But there's still only four games back of Seattle, five and a half back of Tampa, six of Toronto. If you can just get it to three games with Toronto or three games with somebody, well, it's really got to be Toronto. In that last series against the Blue Jays, you're still in it. It's still possible. And obviously, for it to continue to be possible, the Orioles need to take care of business this week. Because to give them credit, despite the struggles, they did take care of business last week. Had the two-game series against the Nats, a bad team, and swept them. That's what you got to do this week because the Orioles open up a three-game series against the lowly Detroit Tigers starting tonight at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. And you can't put it any other way. The Orioles absolutely have to win all three games against the Tigers because after this, you got the Astros, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Blue Jays. You have to sweep the Detroit Tigers, plain and simple, to stay in this race. Now, if there's one team worse 
offensively than the Orioles right now, it's the Detroit Tigers. So that should certainly help them. And again, this team is just not good. But the O's need to get all three of those games. And it starts tonight at Oriole Park. And then I'll be back with you here on the podcast tomorrow, recapping game one between the Orioles and the Tigers, getting you the five things you need to know from that one. And then sticking with things around Birdland, we got the Bowie Bay Sox and a playoff push. Talk about how they finished up their regular season. And the Aberdeen Ironbirds, shout out to them. They won the South Atlantic League North Division Championship. They are in the South Atlantic League Finals at the high A level this week. We'll continue to talk about the Ironbirds as they try to bring home a trophy. And then Grayson Rodriguez looked really, really good Friday night in Norfolk. Five scoreless innings. We'll continue to chat about when he could potentially finally make his big league debut. But that's all coming up and more on tomorrow's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.